rocking from the top of the Castles Unlimited, Space Needle, and Boston, Massachusetts. You are listening to Broker Talk, the number one weekly real estate podcast hosted by brokers with almost 50 years of experience in the real estate brokerage industry, including residential, commercial investment development, and marketing, including radio, television, magazines, books, websites, and of course, podcasts. Your Broker Talk hosts today are Larry Lawfer and myself, Jim Lowenstern. Evan is on the soundboard. We are here. Are you here, Larry? I am uh, definitely oh, here. Oh, good. Oh, and good. Uh, we're off and rolling here, right? Right. Okay. So uh, we have a great show for you uh, today. Um, disruption in the real estate market. Uh, everyone's talking about it now. You've got, uh, you know, all of these different uh, uh, venture capital companies that are coming in and spending a lot of money like Redfin, like Compass, um, like EXP for, for that matter. And they're disrupting the industry. But we have a guest today who started that a long time ago. Our guest is Jason Sapphire, and he is a the owner and principal broker at EntryOnly.com. He's got a hell of a resume that I'll go through as we uh, as we discuss it. But uh, great background, uh, Jason. Welcome aboard. Thank you. Good to be here. Uh, it's great to have you. And, and uh, just to let uh, our audience know, uh, Jason has been at this a long time, but uh, it's not how he started. From his resume, it looks like 1997 might have been his most fun year in Europe uh, studying uh, hotel restaurant management. But um, I had a question, Jason. When you started in 1998 as a licensed real estate salesperson, um, did, did your family already own a real estate business? Did you grow up in this business? Uh, well, I basically grew up in the restaurant business, and both my parents were also attorneys, and my father held his broker's license as well since since he's an like attorney fifties or something like that. So um, they've always had a residential real estate portfolio. Um, never worked for another, you know, traditional broker. So when I got my sales license, I basically just you know kind of joined in on on the real estate um, with my family, you know, looking for you know, rental properties and then managing them. And that's, um, uh, that's a, a good enough start. One of the things that I've learned, and is certainly doing this show, that every real estate agent comes from somewhere, and it's not ever where you think they would be coming from. So what do you think mm -hmm. your personal strengths are, Jason? You've closed more than 1,000. You've listed more than 1,000 properties since 2013 every single year. Yep, um, that's all throughout New England. Uh, I am a licensed broker in every state of New England. So, yeah, I've, I've averaged about 1,000 properties a, a year per listing. Um, just the last few years, I think about it's been about a 60% closing rate for all properties that are listed. So, um, yeah, if you do the math on that, it's probably a couple thousand properties closed in the last few years. But, um well, so, sorry, what was the original question? Again? So, so uh, Jason, let me ask you a question. This is Jim. Uh, so, if, so sixty percent closed. That means forty percent didn't closed, and um, 
you're you're basically in the um, for sale by owner uh, part of the trade. Is is that fair to say? Yeah, I would say a majority of the listings are for sale by owners, homeowner occupants, and then the rest of them are builders, developers, flippers, investors. Okay. Um, so you know, very little area of. So. 40% is a huge number that's not selling in a, in a market where, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure I've said more than once a day, everything is selling now. So 40% is a huge number. And um, do you ever, uh, I, I guess, assist your clients with pricing? Do they ever come to you and say, uh, we're kind of frustrated. We're we're having all these showings, but we're not getting offers that, you know, or we're not getting any offers. We're getting bad offers, or we're not getting any. Um, well, yeah, if they opt for that service, a higher level of service, then I can, you know, do market analysis and assist them with the pricing. Most sellers, um, especially, you know, investors and flippers, they know the pricing they have to be at. Right. I had to do the. Well, that's their business. On it. I'm, I'm sure that segment of listings, it's, you know, it's not an a higher closing rate. Right. It's not an emotional um, thing. Yeah. And then, um, you know, there's a, a decent percent of for sale by owners that are testing the market. So, you know, they may end up taking it off the market or they may just end up going with a traditional realtor. I think that's uh, that's interesting, and uh, the forty percent does not surprise me at all. Anytime an um, a homeowner sits down and says they know what their house is worth, they rarely know how to actually test the market, look at the market, know what an appraiser is going to look for. So they quite often. Uh, put it at a higher price, one that today's consumer with all of these algorithms can figure out what a house is actually worth. Or maybe they don't know how to show it. It, it could be... Or market it. You know, they just have some kind of strange vibe to the buyers and no one's interested in doing business with them. Or make it difficult for a buyer comes in. That that could be too. Hey, Jason, do you... Um, I'm, uh, you know, I, I do advise them. They, you know... Not to hover over buyers, you know, if, if you're going to be on on premises, you know, you might want to just hang around somewhere and just be there to answer questions if they have any. Let the broker um, A lot of them are on lockbox so that they're not even there, um, you know, when the, the buyers show up. So um, so I have a question. You know, uh, access to property is the easiest part. So you, you, you must get uh, – so if, if these listings are in – our multiple listing service, and it mentions the seller's name and phone number and says to the broker, just call them. I would still think that these listings are getting pushed to Zillow and Trulia and a million other websites, and, uh -huh. and there must be people that are pinging you, whether it's a text, a call, an email. You're getting, I don't know if bombarded, but if you are, I'd love to know if you are getting bombarded by buyers, potential buyers, potential clients? Well, the, the, kind of the infrastructure I've set up is I have a 24-7 live answering service that can provide contact information to any agents or buyers that call. Um, in the MLS, in the, in the showing instructions for the agents, uh, it states to contact the seller. 
There's also their contact information on entryonly.com, so a buyer can go direct to the site to get it. Um, I try not to, you know, uh, solicit the buyers that call on my listings because I, I feel that would be a conflict of interest if they're interested in some other property and, um, you know, I, I provide buyer representation in that area, then, you know, I might take them on, but otherwise I'll instruct them to just contact the seller directly. Okay, so you're redirecting them to, uh, to the seller. Right. Direct. Back in the, the early days when I started, I was fielding, you know, all the calls. I think originally you weren't even allowed to put the seller's contact info in the showing instructions of the MLS. So, um, yeah, I'm in like my 15th year doing this. So the first few years, yes, I fielded lots and lots of calls and emails, but now I have it set up where it's, it's more automated or, or the live receptionist um, handles it. So I, I focus more on, you know, other stuff, operations. Yeah, I, I, I think that's interesting. So you're, you're passing on the buyers. Where do you send those buyers, Jason? To the seller. Well, directly to, to the seller, to but the if, seller. but if if a buyer calls in and says, "I don't want to work directly with the uh, for sale by owner," does that happen in any you know with any regularity? Um, you know, I, I probably have a lost opportunity there, and I'm aware of it. Of uh, you know, getting those buyers that aren't, that don't end up buying one of my properties to work with them as a buyer's agent, but that hasn't been my focus over the years. But I, every year, especially during the winter when it's slow, you know, I try to think of ways to increase revenue and, you know, get more out of the listings. So, um, you know, that's always something to focus on is, is getting the buyers. But in the past, I've focused more on the sellers. Um, I've tried different things in the past where I would have referral relationships with other agencies um, where I would pass the buyer either through them or along to them or just pass their information along to them and then they would try to um, you know get them as a client I might get a referral fee off of it or something like that but sure. that, that's a lot of that's a lot of hustle for that but um, maybe with better automated systems and you know these things didn't exist when I first started so um, you know, now there's probably more tools out there to be able to utilize to, to do that. And sure. that's always something, you know, that can be focused on. What, what about the seller uh, that comes to the end of a 90-day or six-month agreement or whatever it is and says, wow, Jason, this was great fun. I loved playing realtor with my wife, but uh, we're really thinking of going with a broker who's going to, handle the open houses so we can go to the Cape this summer. And uh, we, we really don't want to hear people denigrating the color of our kitchen cabinets and, you know, the shag rug in the, in the, in the basement or whatever it is. Um, do you ever say to them, well, I can, I, can, I can do all that for you or pass it on to another broker or you just say, um, it was fun, good luck? Well, no, I definitely don't just send them off into the sunset. Um, I, if they haven't already gone with, you know, a high level of service with me, they're probably not going to stay. They usually just want to switch it up to a different agency and, you know, get a new listing out there. Um, what I do is I have a money-back guarantee 
and even in some instances double money back, where if I refer them to an agent that successfully sells their property, then I'll rebate them back their listing fee. So I have a formula I kind of utilize to search through the MLS, and I'll give them a few of the top agents. And then if they're interested in, you know, the referral, then I'll set up like an introduction with uh, however many agents they want to interview. And then if, uh, you know, they go forward with them, then I'll get that 25% referral fee from the, the selling side of the commission. I'm, I'm really interested, uh, not just in the nuts and bolts of what you're doing right now, Jason, but um, what were you smoking when you thought about this? And how did you come up with the concept? Well, I didn't come up with the concept. It's been around for a long, long time. Uh, when I started, there was only maybe a few companies doing it in Massachusetts. And um, I was actually just coming off of a uh, running a restaurant down the Cape. And I, you know, I was like, okay, you know, I maybe tried doing real estate, something within real estate. I basically was on the couch. I was thinking, all right, what can I do in real estate that I can have the least amount of responsibility, the least amount of liability, do it from anywhere, and make a lot of money? So I started Googling. If I, uh, yeah, Google was around then. Um, you know, kind of real estate, do it from anywhere, brokerage, stuff like that. And then up popped the concept of uh, limited service listings do-it-yourself kind of FISBO stuff. Sure. And then that's when I started researching, you know, are there companies doing this in Massachusetts? You know, is it legal? You know, how do people do it? What do you got to do to yeah, do I have to join the MLSs? And, you know, just figuring out what was involved. I saw there were a few companies doing it, and um, I saw they were charging, like, $4.99, $5.99, $6.99 just to list the property. So I kind of modeled, I didn't have my broker's license just yet. I was a few months out from getting that. So basically I spent the next few months kind of modeling and designing a website after some of those sites. And then I basically just undercut them by 50 bucks. And then I think that first year I listed over 350 properties. I started, the day I got my broker's license was the day I launched, or the day after I launched um, the website and literally, I started advertising Google pay-per-click the first day I launched. I got two listings. It, you know, more than paid for the, the advertising. And then almost every day since then, for up until present, I've gotten listings almost every single day. Obviously, I've been, it all hasn't been, you know, Google pay-per-click. And there's been many, many years of trying to figure out new ways to get new business, more business. Stay in business. Uh, of course, but, um, of course, that it's was an evolution. How it started? Yeah, the, it, the, all businesses is an evolution, and today's real estate world actually is isn't even like last year's real estate world. It, it constantly changes, and yet some of the the core um, acts and process remains the same since the day one. Well, that's that's an interesting sure. point. So every year it it evolves. So you say. Uh, Jason, that when, you, that when you started, uh, there were people four ninety nine, five ninety nine, six ninety nine, um, in our area, and and I'm, it's a two part question. First of all, uh, how are you acquiring new clients? Is it mainly through Google uh, search? Is it through Craigslist? Is it 
mailings to people that are advertising in a newspaper and um, and 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 what's the cheapest price that's out there for your services right now has has that changed has um, the competition just you know total, um, totally dropped the price on it yeah it seems the competition's gone kind of through cycles as well where first there was like no competition and then all of a sudden there was like a dozen competitors that kind of like fly by night people that ended up going out of business because they didn't really focus on it they, they just did it on the side and didn't have the kind of infrastructure set up for it and then um, then there's like referral websites that came up like for sale by owner.com or owners.com and I, those sites um, before they were either licensed or now defunct um, would refer listings to me so a seller from you know doing a Google search might come upon for sale by owner sign up for an MLS listing and then it would be referred to me. So I still do a decent amount of referral business from other brokers in other states or other bro- uh, other referral websites. Um, you know, the vast majority just go directly to my site to sign up. Uh, most of that is probably through word of mouth from other sellers that have listed or just they see the listing, um, you know, out there on Realtor.com with my company name on it. Um, I do very little Google pay-per-click now compared to what I used to do, but that still brings in a little business. Uh, about the, the mailings, I, years ago, like 10 years ago, I used to do probably 1,000 postcards every couple of weeks to all the expired listings in the MLS. I tried that again like two years ago, and I barely got a listing out of it. So um, maybe that that's probably just the times, I think, uh, that – you know, maybe they're not checking their mailbox. Yeah, every everybody is is just tied yeah, into the internet. Newspaper ads. I don't do Craigslist or newspaper ads. But back in the day, um, if I had just entered a new market, I would go onto Craigslist and basically email for sale by owners and say, "Hey, I'll list your property for free. I'm just trying to gain a presence here." And then after I got like a a dozen listings or a couple dozen or whatever, then I would you know cut that off and then. Just regular, regularly advertise. So, Jason, um, all sorts of different methods. Um, probably my best method is just providing excellent service and being responsive and having, you know, a very mobile, like technologically friendly site for the sellers. And then they tell, you know, it's just the word of mouth, just like with most businesses. So, yeah, the, the the good ones are 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 that way. You get referrals and you get recommendations and testimonials. So, is there anybody right. doing this for ninety nine dollars or one hundred ninety nine or two ninety nine? Yeah, or? I was just about to say that. Um, that's why even the sites out there that do it for ninety nine bucks, which I just don't know how they even survive doing it for ninety nine dollars only. Um, people will be willing to pay me the. The four hundred or seven hundred or thousand, um, you know, depending on what level of service they want to me, because they don't trust a ninety-nine dollar website. I don't. I don't. I still haven't figured out how how they do that. They must be losing money. They could list a thousand properties a year. I mean, it's the. I just don't know. Maybe they're selling them ancillary services or doing something else. Um, you know, maybe they're eking out a living. Well, there's, but, um, there's probably. I think those sites just go away because there's just not enough in it for them. If you're gonna 
you know, do something like I'm doing, it has to be a very high volume. Obviously, you have to figure out other ways, um, you know, to sell upgrades or referrals or, you know, convert some to traditional. Maybe, you know, most sellers are, are buying, so maybe you take them on as a buyer's agent, you know, things like that. But, yeah, I, I, I see a bunch of them in Massachusetts and a couple other states that are $99 only. And that's all they do. I just, uh, I think eventually those will just go away. Right. So my question is, you, so you know the competition, you're monitoring them. Do you think that there right. are traditional brokers out there using similar services as yours as a tool to reach um, sellers and buyers to, to reach the market in a very competitive uh, market? Uh, well, I think more and more agents will do uh, flat fee listings, whether it's limited service or they're providing full service and they're just charging a flat fee. Um, so I think that's going to gain more popularity. Um, and then there's, uh, I think, just the more brokers will probably just try, like, the entry-only thing. I, I mean, I've seen that happen just over the years. But um, it's, just, it's just a more popular concept in general, just... When I first started, no one had ever heard of it um, or thought it was even legal. And now, you know, places like Zillow and, um, you know, other sites are kind of making that more commonplace. People realize they can list their own property, and then they're getting reached out to by all sorts of agents. And funny enough, I actually list a lot of properties for real estate agents that don't want to list it with their own company because they get gouged for the commission, or they've... They have clients or are talking to potential clients, and they tell them, you know, I, I can't afford the uh, the 5% or 6%, or I want to test out, you know, selling on my own, and they'll refer them to me. We'll come back to that in one moment. I've, I have, yeah, I, I, I've I, got something I, to say I, I on that. I have a question. <laughs> but um, Broker Talk is sponsored today by Castles Unlimited, where you get the best real estate offers. Online, go to castlesunlimited.com for all your real estate needs. So, Jason, you were saying there were some brokers that didn't want to list their, I guess, is it their own properties or actually their clients' properties with their office? It, I, I guess it's probably their own properties, correct? Well, um, well it, 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 both. Um, but, yeah, I mean, agents that have their own properties that don't want to pay the commission to their own office will list it with me. Um and then there are agents that, you know, have potential clients or friends um, that they just give them, you know, the, the reality, if, if they can't afford to pay that commission, if, the, if it's going to make them underwater, or for whatever reason they don't want to take them on as a client, they'll say, hey, you know, there's this guy, he does the entry-only listings, check out his site, and they'll refer the clients to me. I, I think that's uh, that's also uh, really interesting, Jason. Um, have you had a um, just a uh, human question? I, I would imagine that many agents don't particularly care for this. It, it, they feel as though you're taking their listings. Have you had pushback on that? Are you the most hated man in real estate? Uh, maybe uh, when I first started. Um, I did get that. That was when I got the most negative feedback, um, and I even had, had a couple death threats, if you can believe it. I can. Um, I've been told. I've been told that I'm I am single-handedly ruining the real estate industry, which I take as my biggest compliment. 
that I've ever received. The death if threat I can, probably wasn't a good thing. If I can affect the real estate industry by myself, then I'm doing something actually, of, you know, completely out of the ordinary. But um, you know, these days I really don't get that much negative feedback. If I do, it's more from um, and to be diplomatic about it. The older, less web savvy, more traditional brokers. Yeah, and those are you know exiting. And, you know, it's it's the newer, you know, younger agents. Uh, you know, sometimes I'll get a call kind of like praising the model, and they'll kind of quiz me on how it all works. And, you know, I don't, I don't give them any secret sauce, but I just, you know, I explain how it works. Anybody can go to my site, see exactly what I'm offering, what, what the fees are. Um, it's not like a, a secret or anything. Um, so, 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 Jason, so, I, I, I've been in the business a long time. Um, I don't remember having a death threat. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm sure someone in their mind thought I'd love to kill this guy. Uh, I, I have thought that. Yes, of course. <laughs> but you, were they texts, emails or phone calls or just like a flaming uh, received, rock from the window? I've received emails, phone calls. <laughs> right. I mean, this is a long time ago. Um, but that you know, those people that leave are—they're—I don't know if they're stupid enough or brazen enough, or whatever—to actually leave their contact information <laughs> with me. Um, just I just immediately know. call them, and I say, "Hey, are you a professional real estate agent?" And they're like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Oh, okay," because I wouldn't think that you would—you know—contact me like that without even understanding what the business model is. Like, do you have a, a buyer? And if they say yes, because the average seller offers 2.5% commission to the buyer's agent. So they're getting what they would normally get. Anyway. So, right. you know, so it's funny you say, you know, do you get agents that think, you know, hey, you, because you're taking their listings. It, it, it was never their listing. Exactly. If they think they're so entitled that I stole the listing from them, then they have, a, you know, a way bigger ego than I do. But... The way I look at it is like, hey, these people might not even list in the MLS. Um, you know, I'm creating the opportunity for you to bring a buyer and make money. So if you want to make money, you know, the, the people that just want to make money, they don't care who lists the property. They just want to, you know, put the money in their pocket. So if you're so entitled that you won't even show a property because it's you have to negotiate with the seller directly, then... Um, you know, I don't know how long you're going to last in the business. Maybe you just sell a few million-dollar properties each year, and that's how you make your money. But, um, you know, the average real estate agent can't afford to, you know, neglect that 2.5%. So, As far as I'm concerned, uh, Jason, uh, especially talking to you now and, and reading your bio, I would much rather have a drink with you than kill you. Um, <laughs> yeah, because it'll slow you so. down. It'll be easier to kill you after the drink. <laughs> uh, so no, but seriously, I mean, you know, <laughs> I just want to make money, just like the like the next guy. And um, you know, if if I there's a million different ways, you know, in the real estate industry to make money. It, it's not it's not my fault that um, you know, you don't like the way I, that I'm doing it. But um, no, you know, I don't fault anybody it. else for for the way they do it. So if you want to make some money, bring a buyer, and you know, you'll get paid. Okay, so uh, here's here's all the ethics questions I want to just throw in there. So I've been a realtor since um, the beginning of time, and we're we're told you know MLS uh, exclusives, blah blah blah. You're not supposed to call 
the owner of the property trying to get the listing. These people are essentially for sale by owners, and for sale by owners are pretty much fair game. Yes, you are listing it. Yes, you are, quote-unquote, an exclusive broker of some degree, but at the same time, it's an entry only, which means, I don't know, do you consider them clients? I mean, in other words, if somebody said, you know what, all of Jason's listings are for sale by owners, I'm going to call all these sellers and try to get the listing. I mean, what agreement do you what agreement do you sign? The realtor code of ethics says a a realtor can't solicit another realtor's listings. I have exclusive agency listing agreements with all of them. Um, You know, technically, they're they're not supposed to solicit them. Of of course, lots of them do. But um, sometimes I'll get a realtor that asks me permission if they can talk to any uh, a seller. A lot of times, the sellers just tell me, yeah, they. You know, they get bombarded with the, uh, you know, the agents wanting to list their property. But you know, they're just if they, if they want to list the property with them, that's what they're going to do. They can cancel their listing anytime with me if they want to go with a traditional broker. Um, th- that's up to them. I don't really, you know, I, I don't police it. If someone's like flagrant about it, um, you know, sometimes there was one time someone like used my email system to contact sellers and. Like, hey, you should drop the, the, you know, drop entry only and go with me. And, you know, I, I reached out to that person, just letting them know I was aware that they shouldn't contact 50 of my listings at once to do that. But, yeah, um, that's not right. You know, it happens, but it is, you know, that ethic applies that you, you're not supposed to solicit another realtor's listing, especially when it's listed in the MLS. Okay, well, that's a, that's the last question we'll ask: is uh, are, are you a realtor? Oh, yeah, I'm a member of um, the Greater Boston Real Estate Board. Um, I'm a member of, let's see, seven state associations. So um, I pay a lot in NAR dues. So, uh, you know, I utilize some of their benefits. But um, Actually, now that I'm I say that, I, I have more questions. Uh, so so you got a pretty good URL, entryonly.com. Uh let, let's pick any state. Uh, let's see who won the Super Bowl. Missouri. Um, He's it, not in Missouri. I understand that, but but do do they have an MLS there that allows entry only in Missouri? You probably know this. I don't. Yeah, um, and funny enough, you pick Missouri. Uh, we're actually having um, a little broker meeting of uh, kind of like brokers throughout the country that that do what I do in a couple days. And um, that guy from Missouri will will be here, but um, yeah, every state um, you know has their own MLSs. They all allow entry only listings. However, there are minimum service states. Um, there may be a half a dozen or or so throughout the country that you just can't do an entry only listing. You have to do um, you know minimum kind of representation. You may have to review all the offers with them. You may have to you know, do certain things just to, to reach that minimum level of service. So, so, they so just, in those states, you know, there's a little bit more to it. They probably spend more time with each client. They may charge more, um, you know, because they have to provide that minimum level of service. But, you know, um, but the majority of states, um, just you can just do entry-only listings. You still have to follow all state guidelines, you know, um, 
make sure that everything's in compliance, gather all the appropriate disclosures. Um, you know, I review every single listing. I make sure there's no violations of any, you know, fair housing, and I make sure every single disclosure is filled out completely. Um, you know, and I make sure every seller reports to the MLS, um, you know, status change, all that stuff. So it's, you know, I'm very strict about it. Maybe some other people aren't. It's probably one of the reasons I've, you know, do so many listings and I've been in business so many years. What, how, how would the seller make the status change? You've got to, you've got to do that yourself, or your administrator needs to do that. Um, well, well, no, they're not logging into the MLS and doing it, but they're updating the status um, through my site, which is all electronic signature, DocuSign, all, all that stuff. So they're, you know, they're they're telling us that the status has been changed, and we you know, update the MLS accordingly. Oh, the status, like it's under agreement and, uh, and make yeah, sure... Exactly. It, yeah, exactly. Uh, or, or price you know, change or any of that. They want to terminate it. Yeah. So, so you're happy with just doing it in New England? You're not looking to spread spread no, your wings d- and go... He's in a ton of states. Oh, really? Yeah, he's in California. Um, well, I'm, in, I'm in six states. I'm also licensed in California, but I don't do that business model um, in California. But... Um, I, you know, I figured New England, I'm um, from Massachusetts, you know, I'm a big New England fan, so New England is enough states to be licensed in and keep me busy on continuing education and all that stuff. Um, just to get licensed in another state, which I'm, I'm in the process of getting licensed in a couple more states, and not even to do this business model, but just, you know, I may do other transactions there. Um, it's just a lot of paperwork and a lot of keeping up with stuff. So I mean, know. at some point there's like a limit to it. You know? I've, I've got four states under my belt, so I, I know all about it. Just just did New, right. uh, New Hampshire. That was fun. So uh, everyone here at Broker Talk wants to thank you for taking the time to join us today. Every week we want to be the place where you can turn to to ask your questions and listen to the latest news regarding the real estate industry and all things real estate with zero spin. We thank Jason Sapphire for joining us today. Great I'm job. I'm Stern. And I'm Larry Lawford. Uh, thanks so much, Jason. And we're wishing you the you. very best real estate. It's been fun educating your audience. Out there. We'll talk soon. Thanks again. Thanks, guys.